Spike fans, welcome to Combat Planet, your one-stop shop for all things boxing and MMA. I'm Zachary, your host, along with my co-host, Mike Michaels. Let's get the show on the road. Another great night of action, combat sports fans, as we were treated to some great cards all across from boxing to one of the legendary fights in MMA the UFC gave us. And we're all going to get into it now. As always, my co-host, the man, the myth, La Leyenda, Mike Michael. Mike, how are you doing? Very well, thank you. How are you doing, Serge? Good to be back. You know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm quite excited every week that, we're, that we've decided to do this now. So um, I'm, quite, I'm quite looking forward to it. So uh, good to be back. Yeah, it's been fun, Mike, so far, which is what really, you know, what we planned this to be. Um, a lot of knowledge in combat sports, particularly from you, and I learned a lot as well. So I think it's, you know, it's an opportunity to share that, you know. So let's get right into it, Mike. Um, let's talk about, we're going to start off with the UFC because I think that that was by far the biggest card or the bigger fight from yesterday or from this weekend in general. Um, so, as we talked about, Daniel Cormier, looking to cement himself as the greatest heavyweight, took on uh, Stipe, or Stipo, or Steve, or whatever, but it's Stipe Miochi. <laughs> um, it, <laughs> it was the trilogy fight, Mike. Um, great fight. Uh, Stipe came out on top at the end. He won it. Um, unanimous decision. But hard, hard fought, Mike. I mean, Daniel Cormier, nothing to be ashamed of. Um, still, now this kind of cements, well, not kind of, in many people's eyes, Stipe Mioche is now officially the greatest heavyweight of UFC history. But before we actually get into that, let's discuss the fight, Mike. You called it. You said that you thought um, Miocic was going to, to win. Um, and you thought that um, Daniel Cormier would not recover from the body shots and all that. He looked good, though, Mike. I mean, what did you think of Daniel's performance overall? Um, I thought he uh, he put on a great performance. He was in, in pretty good shape, but he couldn't pull the ground game the way he used to, Serge. And I think that was a very big factor. And obviously, Steve Bowie, he uh, came in and... I mean, exquisite condition. I mean, the guy, the guy just trades his ass off for that fight. And uh, but again, I take my hat off to Cormier. I mean, he he, uh, he put up a very very reputable performance. Okay, but the ground game wasn't there. So that's that's was evident, you know. Yeah, Mike, and you know, um, Cormier, as you said, he he did get uh, Miosic in trouble a couple of times. Um, he had him hurt, but. By the same token, uh, Stipe, who's got great hands as well, um, he pounded out uh, Cormier several times. It was really a back-and-forth affair. Um, they did split a couple of rounds, but in the end, I think that, yeah, it's just um, Stipe is too strong, Mike. Very, very big, and he was in tremendous shape. You know, so um, for not bad, though, for uh, if this truly is Cormier's last fight, I mean, there's no shame there, right, Mike? Again, if you're looking at a guy in Miocic that's now considered the greatest heavyweight of all time, does this really take away anything from Daniel Cormier's legacy? No, absolutely not. I mean, he's a legend. The, the guy's uh, 
he's he's done everything that everybody could uh, dream about doing. So I don't think so. The only thing I would say uh, with a fight taking place under that that kind of ending, I think that Cormier is still going to have an itch and want to give it one more shot because he, I don't think it was like he got wiped out or he got you know uh, TKO'd um, you know it was it was a back and forth fight and the, and the more conditioned fighter came out on top uh, but as you said uh, Stipe is so strong okay and so he was so conditioned um, it just depends it just depends uh, if that itch is big enough for Cormier um, to come back but I, I think if he did come back I think he'd have to take the ground game put the ground game uh, into interaction and, f- and force it as much as he can. I think without his ground game, okay. Uh, I think in the next one, I think he put, if he do, if he didn't get the ground game in the way he should do, I think he'll get knocked out. Yeah, to have a full fight, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and yeah. I don't know. Last night, Miocic after the fight, he was very gracious towards Cormier. <laughs> Um, and he yeah. said he pretty much Miosic. I'm talking here. He pretty much said he's he wants to take on anyone, all comers. He's he now also saying that like it's a legacy thing for him as well. And I mean the guy's amazing. Now here's the, here's something real quick, Mike, that I want to take um, get your take on because John Jones, you know John Jones. As a matter of fact, as you said, sure. yeah, your son's one of the top trainers in MMA. He's got the All Star Gym out of Sweden. And uh, one of his top fighters, the Muller, Gustafsson, had two fights with Jones. The first one, um, people were surprised with how well the Muller did. As a matter of fact, many people felt he won that fight. Um, not so, not so uh, lucky in the second one. But my point is that Jones, who's a light heavy and is considered the greatest UFC fighter of all time, he yesterday on social media went out and said that he's considering to move up to heavyweight to meet Stipe. Miosic, um, what would your thoughts, Mike, on on a Jones? I mean, incredible. He's got a lot of problems outside, but when he's conditioned, when he's trained, um, an amazing fighter. So, how would what do you think about him coming up to heavyweight and and uh, taking on a beast like Miosic? Well, you, you, well, you know, Jones is uh, is an adversary to to, to our camp. Okay, us uh, having good soon. So, um, we, I do have a lot of respect for him. He's a he's a, a an exquisite fighter. You know, he he's he's been around the block. He knows the game very well. Um, but if I if I had to pick somebody, Jones, Stepo, it has to be it has to be Stepo. He's just too big, too strong, and that conditioning that he showed last night, Sergio, John Jones doesn't get in that kind of condition. Okay, uh, and you know I've I have history with John Jones, and he's he's okay, but not in that kind of condition that Steve can get into. Okay, <laughs> I, I I could never see that. So I I think Steve would uh, would would win that fight. Yeah, no, and I'm I with really you. Do. Yeah, I'm with you on that, Mike. Uh, doesn't matter camp or no camp. I just think that at this point, Jones is a little longer in the tooth. And Miosic, he's a beast, Mike. I mean, he really is. The guy hasn't. He's he's well respected and all that, but I think that these three, this trilogy with uh, Cormier, has really brought him out more as a. He's just an incredible athlete. 
got super heavy hands, extremely strong. You can't really keep him down. And the guy, as you said, he's an amazing condition athlete. So good for him. And it would be good to see Jones in that kind of fight. But I would have to, if it actually happens, I would have to favor Miocic as well. Jones does not perform well against strikers. As you as you remember in the first Gustafsson fight, okay, which we know he won that, Gustafsson, okay, but it was all about the striking. The second fight, it was Gustafsson was, was not in top shape, and that's not an excuse, okay, right? But he just wasn't himself as good as what he could have been in the, as he was in the first fight, and he wasn't striking to his full potential. But, but Stipe... He's a great striker, Sergio, and he's a great body puncher, okay? And he can, and he doubles up with the shots, you know, to the head, and he comes in hard, Sergio. Don't forget, he's a full-blown heavyweight, where Jones is not, you know? So, I mean, uh, I think, I think to be honest with you, you'll be surprised to see, to some degree, and I say this to some degree, a lot of people are going uh, to beat me up on this one, it's a bit of a mismatch, to be honest with you, okay? Remember I said that, Sergio, okay? Remember I said that. Yeah, no, no, Mike. I, I, like I said, I, I, it wouldn't shock me if you're right on that. I just think that Miocic, it's his time, Mike, and I think that, uh, there's, besides, there's a ton of great heavyweight contenders out there to make, so... But moving on real quick, Mike, the co-main event, I'm going to mention it because the sugar, you know, the sugar Sean O'Malley train was derailed big time. Chito Vera, who to begin with, very a guy that anyone in MMA circles knows. He himself is a beast, very accomplished guy, good skills all around, good on the floor, good striking, a very strong guy at Bantamweight. Uh, many people were wondering if O'Malley was going to survive this. Now, to be fair, um, Sugar Sean did get hurt. He kind of tripped on himself in, in, in his leg, uh, and from there just wasn't the same, but... Even a fully healthy O'Malley was going to, this was going to be a big struggle for him. So Vera saw the injury and with that type of skill, took him on the first round, Mike. So you have a kid here that, as we said, he was looking like he was being groomed very much in the Conor McGregor deal. He's excited and all that. And then you have this situation where whether injury or not, he gets taken on the first round. We've talked about the differences between boxing and MMA on how if you can fight, you still have a future in MMA. You, uh, managers had here on, if you're on O'Malley, Team O'Malley here, um, is this something to be concerned about or is this just a learning? Do you take it as a learning deal and will he be back pretty soon? Yeah, O'Malley, they just got to move on from it, okay? And they got to stay away. It's apparent from uh, fighters like Vera because Vera would have grown into the fight and become, you know, a 10,000-pound gorilla by the end of the second round, okay? That's if he, wouldn't, if he uh, uh, would have got, uh, survived, the, survived the round. But in judging by the way Vera came out, Sergio, he looked like he meant business and that he wasn't going away, okay, right? So I know it was only a, a minute and something of the first round, but... That was a, that was a strong minute, wasn't it, Sergio? <laughs> that was a strong, hard minute. Okay, right. And Vera, Vera wasn't taking a backward step. So um, I think that was probably a blessing in disguise to some degree for O'Malley. But um, I think they need to stay away from that and they need to move on from it and uh, uh, just work a little bit more on on um, 
refining O'Malley a little bit more and getting him uh, where he needs to be without the uh, 10,000-pound gorillas that are going to be uh, put in front. He can, he can wait a little bit longer for that, uh, in my opinion. Yeah, you know, and, and it was, I mean, look, um, when O'Malley came out, Mike, he was looking good, getting in kicks, you know, moving around, but all of a sudden, Vera closed the distance really, really fast. Yeah, and, yeah. And it did, Mike. Yeah. It, there, I am convinced 100% that that fight was going to be a grueling, grueling affair, you know, so... Um, yeah, I agree. I agree with you. I agree with that. That, yeah. that, that was going to be uh, a meat grinder of a fight, and that's why I say it probably was a blessing in disguise, even though he's got a loss on his record, okay, you can't really consider it a loss-loss because it was a, it was due to an injury, but um, nobody wants a grueling meat grinder fight. They, they, they don't do you too much favors, those types of uh, uh, engagements over the long run of your career, you know? Yeah, and Vera had a bone, like he came in with a chip on his shoulder because he's always felt that the UFC never marketed him correctly, you know, never took the interest. He's had the quote-unquote hard road and he even mentioned that in some uh, interviews that this is O'Malley. This was O'Malley's fifth official fight with the UFC, and he was already co-maining probably the biggest card this yeah. year. So, you know, he had a lot of um, juice, Mike, and a lot of uh, reason to come in there and, and finish off O'Malley. And as you said, it might be a blessing that he got injured because they can always lean on that and say, well, we, we got taken out, but it was an injury and just, you know, move on. So we'll see. We'll see how O'Malley. The good thing is, as we've talked about, MMA is different, Mike. If you can fight, the losses don't really mean that much, you know. So we'll see him again. So we're talking about we're talking about the potential replacement of McGregor with O'Malley. So yes, it was a blessing in disguise, and yes, they do want to keep him away from uh, the Vera type guys because you know they don't mess around and they got and they have a, a an axe to grind, Sergio. So he wasn't going anywhere, Vera. I can tell you that much. <laughs> no. not, not after I saw him engage, he wasn't going nowhere. That guy, you know. Yeah, I know it was going to be a good one, Mike, but. I mean, overall, great card, yeah. which, as usual, uh, yeah. the UFC provides great card, great content. It's one of the reasons why, right now, as far as the combat sports game, they're on top, you know, and I'm sure that they'll continue giving us some quality product, Mike. Now we're going to move into some boxing, Mike. So, sure. yeah, so uh, Showtime yesterday, um, they had a card on. There was a, we talked about it coming in as far as um, particularly the main event. David Benavides, right? So um, there's some unfortunate thing we talk about him not making weight. But before I get into his actual fight, I want to talk about the co-main, which was two undefeated guys, Rolando Romero. These are lightweights and Jackson Martinez. Romero was 12-0 and coming in. Jackson, I think, was 19-0 and coming in. Romero was definitely the A-side of the fight. Um, unfortunately for him... Uh, Jackson Martinez didn't get the memo that he was not the A-side of the fight. Martinez peppered him with jabs, moved around the ring. Mike, and outside, he didn't land the harder punches, but he definitely outworked him in my eyes and most people's eyes uh, across social media and the media in general felt that Martinez won. And lo and behold, you know, the fighter that was supposed to win, Rolando Romero, he captures a unanimous decision, and it wasn't even close. One of the cards was like 118-110, which was just ridiculous. So, 
I, I want you here, manager's cap. You are Jackson Martinez's um, a manager. He's a kid that he's brought in as the B-side. You know, um, he's not supposed to win. He puts on the fight of his life. He beats Rolando Romero. He was supposed to pick up one of these bullshit titles, but still, to a guy like Jackson Martinez, it means a lot more because he's never been given anything, and he loses his undefeated record. Um, as a manager, I'm sure you've been there, Mike, you know, where your fighters are robbed. So uh, give us your take on what's going on in Camp Martinez and where do they go from there? Okay, I was actually quite impressed, to be very frank with you, okay? He's a good all-round fighter. I think he he could he could be a little bit stronger in his in his punching power, okay? Um where do where do I go from uh, from here with Martinez? I would get him back in the ring as soon as possible. Okay, um I don't believe that Romero's people are going to want a rematch because they know they lost the fight. It was a loss, as you are more than aware, Sergio. Romero did not win that fight. Okay, so um, I think that getting Romero back in a rematch would either be a mandatory, a final eliminator, something along those lines, okay, uh, for that to happen. Otherwise, it would never happen unless he's... Unless uh, unless it was by public demand or TV wanted it, okay? But um, Martinez has to get back straight, straight back in the ring immediately, okay? I have to uh, prove to everybody that, you know, this guy is really 20 and 0, not 19 and 0, okay? Because that wasn't really a loss. And uh, start taking on some guys and uh, put himself into, into championship contention. Properly, though, you know what I mean? Properly, and doing uh, doing it the way that his potential allows him and, uh, and shows us that he has, okay? Because he won that fight last night, no question about it. Yeah, he did, Mike, and it's just like, I, tell you, I understand. I mean, unfortunately, you know, this is one of the things in all combat sports. When you see a bad decision, it just... It leaves it leaves a, a bad taste in your mouth and everything. Particularly, I yeah, it was terrible. Yeah, and it's one of those situations where I get it. You know, Rolando Romero is supposed to be the guy on the rise, but he was clearly outworked. Now, yes, he did land the harder punches, but overall, it's just not about who lands the harder punches. It's who controls, you know, ring generalship and also activity. Um, so it's unfortunate for Martinez. I just hope that you know this isn't the end of him. I hope that. We get to see him, we get to see him again on television, and and he gets to rise again. So, but yeah, but uh, Romero Sergio is just the the typical conveyor belt production of what Colombian fighters are. Yeah, he's durable. He took a beating, okay, which he did. He did take a beating last night. He's heavy-handed, which most Colombian fighters are, but he didn't show us anything, anything to justify the win over Martinez, okay? He got outworked that. He, not just outworked that. Uh, he, he was outmaneuvered in everything, wasn't he? You know, the, the, the kid Martinez, I, I quite like him, Sergio. I like him. I, I'm, uh, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. That was the first time I saw Martinez. And, I, and he, he's got me as a fan, if that means anything. But I'm a fan. You know? No, I yeah, like no, kid. Mike, he's but, good. Uh, but, yeah, he's good, Mike. 
I would agree. Like I said, I'd like to see him again. I think he showed some good, some uh, good skills. You know, so um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, we'll get back in the ring. Got to get back in the ring immediately. No hesitation. They can't. He can't go back feeling sorry for himself because he got robbed and this and that and screaming and shouting and whatever else. Get him back in the gym. Back in the ring immediately. It gets a nice win under his belt, okay? So he understands that he is the real deal that he proclaims himself to be, okay? And then he moves on to bigger and better things. Romero, Sergio, judging by that performance, what I saw last night, if this kid's only got 12 fights, he can't improve any any better than what I saw last night. I don't think this kid's going, going anywhere. Uh, Romero, in my opinion. You know? Well, he's he's stuck with a with a crappy belt, a fake belt. So now he's gonna have to fight someone, Mike. And you know, you you we're gonna <laughs> see. You know, so, so we'll see. We'll go from there. But moving on now to the Showtime main event. I, you, I, I, I just, just want to remind you of something. Somebody that we both know once said about belts. Uh, that and a dollar will get you a cup of coffee. That's right. Do you remember that? Do you remember that? Uh, yes, that, Dean that's Chance. That's what that means. Yeah, yeah, Dean Chance. I remember that. He did say yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> May he rest <laughs> in peace. What a great person Dean Chance was, man. Yeah, well, he, was a, he was a true friend of ours. He yeah. was a good, he was a good, good friend. Good, good friend guy, yeah. Moving yeah. on, Mike. Here, the, the The main event on Showtime, as we know, David Benavides... One of your least favorite fighters. I'm joking, as you know. Uh, you're 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 big time on the Benavides train. He completely outclassed uh, Romer Angulo there. Um, of course, uh, he did not retain his title, David Benavides, because he could not. He lost it on the scale. We went in depth in that, so no need to to uh, as they say, beat a dead horse again on that. But um, overall, Mike. Um, Angulo, very durable, took one hellacious beating. The corner finally stepped in after the 10th and didn't let uh, Angulo answer the bell for the 11th round. That fight really should have ended about three rounds before. Angulo had no shot. But um, overall, uh, you know, Benavides put shots together. He moved around well. Um, so what were you, what's your takeaway from this fight? Does Benavides gain anything, uh, in your opinion, in this fight? And what did you see that you liked? And is there anything, obviously, other than making the weight, that maybe you would like uh, Benavides to work on a little bit more? Well, you know, I like everything about Benavides, and he showed it last night. The only thing I, I did not like, okay, was he didn't make the weight. I'm not going to go into that, but... Uh, he should have. It should have been a defense of him retaining his title in sensational fashion, like he did. Um, all he had really was a, a durable opponent. Okay, that should have been out of there. I agree with you. At least three, even maybe four rounds earlier. Okay, but you know, trainers nowadays, Sergio, you know, they can't make those kind of proper judgment calls. And you know, somebody, if you've got somebody as uh, Talented, that's coming at you like a locomotive train, like um, Benavides was coming at this at Angulo last night. Okay, then you 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 save your fighter to live to fight another day. Okay, not take the beating that he took because he took a beating in the last three rounds. That that was that was a, he got worked over big time. Uh, Benavides, it didn't really um, uh, gain anything really from this fight apart from. Uh, treating it as a tune-up, 
okay, because of who Angulo is, really, okay? So um, that's the only way you can really look at it, okay, it, it, as far as I'm concerned. And as you saw with the with your position that was coming back at Benavides, it was like a tune-up because he threw the kitchen sink at him, didn't he, okay? Um, at Benavides at some, at, some, at some of the stages during the fight, okay? He really did open up, didn't he, Sergio, okay? And, yeah. and, but to Angulo's, Angulo's uh, credit, he took the beating like a man, but I think he took a bit too much. I don't think it's going to serve him well in the future, uh, after taking a beating like that. But I could be wrong because his recovery powers um, might be better than what, than what I'm uh, thinking they are. But as far as for Benavitas, it was a good tune-up for him. It got him back into the ring, okay? And if he's going to stay at super middleweight, then you've got to keep this boy busy. So if I had Benavitas now, I would get him in the ring, back in the ring as soon as possible. And I'd make a decision whether... He's staying at super middleweight, or he's moving that up uh, to like heavyweight. But I would say keep him at, at super middleweight at the moment. Okay, get the belt, get the try and get the belt back, which they should be able to do that. Okay, and then make a decision of moving weight after that. That's what I would do. Yes, yeah. Team Benavides had mentioned that that their plan is to remain at super middle, Mike. So uh, right. as we we talked about some possible opponents, but he seems to be on a collision course with Caleb Plant. That is the guy that keeps coming up um, before the fight. Yeah, they, they, yeah. they were going back and forth on social media after his win. You know, same thing. Caleb Plant wants that fight. Looks like Benavides wants that fight. Believe it or not, several uh, people out in the boxing world feel that Plant has superior boxing skills, which... I'm not sure about that, uh, but they feel that he would be able to outmaneuver a Benavides. So, um, would you, you uh, as being Team Benavides, would you look at someone like Caleb Plant and take that fight for his next one, or would you, because you had mentioned Golovkin before, or would you stick to that plan and really start calling out Golovkin and get Golovkin in the ring next? IBF um, World Super Middleweight Champion. So as you said, that would that would bring uh, Benavides right back into the fold as far as a champion. And yeah, it's a fight, Mike. It's a fight that that people seem to want to watch. You know, boxing people seem to want to watch it. They think it would make for uh, right. yeah for for good good TV for good action. And Plant 
to his credit, he can fight. He doesn't have heavy hands the way Benavides does, but he, he does have legitimate boxing skills, So and he has that belt. And yeah, you, know, you, you know what's good, Sergio? I've never been high on that guy. I've seen him a couple of times, and I'm being very, very honest here. No disrespects to Caleb Plant. He is a good fighter, but he kind of like made me feel like I took a sleeping pill after four or five rounds, you know? <laughs> you know, so... So, so you know, I mean, I, I, I don't think it's going to be competitive. I think Benavides is going to force the fight, and this guy's never had uh, somebody like Benavides to, uh, that comes, you know, uh, offensively, technically offensively, attacks, uh, can attack, excuse me, let me get it right, can offensively attack, you know, in the way that Benavides does, okay, I, 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 he has never boxed anybody of that caliber, uh, Taylor Plant, Sergio. So I think it, it, I think Benavides wins that wins that fight hands down and moves on to uh, hopefully, hopefully uh, if they uh, listen to our uh, podcast and try and get Golovkin in, in, in the ring. You know. Yeah, and I mean, you know, I hadn't thought about that, Mike, until you said it. That when we were talking. I think that that is a great, if, if you're like, if Team Benavides, it, it is a great a ploy. If, you, if you're looking for that big, big fight, um, especially like with Canelo, because Canelo campaigns, you know, at 168, obviously, he's gone up to 175, and he's, he fights as low as 160 as well. So, yeah, it makes perfect sense if you can pick up the belt with plants and then go on to Golovkin and then move on in 2021 and you're looking at realistically in 2021 you could set up a, a major fight um a unification match with Canelo that would be very interesting to see you know so yeah yeah, yeah no no yeah, yeah yeah because if you because if you take if you take Benavides, who's a uh, former WBC then uh fights plan wins the IBF he's a two-time world champion okay Man, he's bringing some credentials to the to the table, okay, right? Plus, you know, uh, imagine now, imagine now Benavides fighting Golovkin. The build up that Benavides can do, you know, selling that fight, Sergio. It will be, it will be fabulous. I would, I would fly from the UK to to the USA to see that fight. I really would. I'm telling you, I really would. No, no, yeah, and I think it would be a good fight. Yes, Mike, I do think because Golovkin, he's durable if nothing else, you know. So at this point in his career. So um, yeah, but Benavides stops him in, in a very exciting, action-packed fight within eight rounds. It will be a, a major shootout, okay, between him and Golovkin because you're going to have because he he would make Golovkin fight Sergio, and it will be a shootout. It will be, it will, it's it's a great a great matchup, Sergio. Great matchup, you know, absolutely. Yeah. Like I said, Mike, I hadn't even I hadn't even thought about that because everybody's so on the Golovkin thing. I mean, on the Caleb Plant thing, but. Yeah, I mean, hence, you were a manager for a long time, very successful, took, uh, you know, international titles, world titles, everything, fighters. So, obviously, you know, it's great insight. Um, and hopefully, as you said, somebody in Team Benavides is listening and they'll actually take that because that is, that is a great path. And let's be honest, yeah, too, Mike, yeah. not, only is it good, not only is it great action fights, it's big money for them, too, all those fights that you're mentioning, you know. So, it... it, it Checks all the yeah. boxes. So, but 
Yeah, you know, he, he takes on he takes on Caleb Plant. He picks up the IBF title. He makes his first title as a two-time world champion. Okay, against uh, against Golovkin, they have an amazing shootout. You know, crazy fight. Okay, which is that's what it's going to be—a crazy build-up. Okay, right, and then he sets himself up for a possible Canelo fight. I mean, I mean, that's what I would do, Sergio. That's yeah. what I would do. But you know. Yeah, and realistically, to give me a call. <laughs> and realistically, Mike, they could do the Benavides plant fight by November. You know, it's very realistic to yeah, have that fight. Yeah. And then a Golovkin fight, if Golovkin and Canelo, or even if they have, if it was another close fight between Golovkin and Canelo, you still take Canelo, let's say in March or April, and then you shoot for the September Mexican holiday that that Canelo always wants in 2021. Yeah, it's it's a great plan. It is a great plan for them. So it's a great it's a great fight. It's a, it's a great fight, and, and you know, and um, and is is a Vegas style fighter. Okay, I think Vegas love you know they love this guy. You know, I mean, he's, he's cool. This guy, you know, he's really he's really got you know the the look. You know, what I mean the the the, the swagger, Sergio. You know, he, he would sell that fight. You know, amazingly, but you know. Uh, you've got to keep him in the gym now. You've got to keep him in shape. You've got to keep him ticking over. Don't let him get out of shape and start packing on weight and whatever else. Okay. So you've got to keep him. In, you've got to keep him sharp. You've got to keep his mind on business now. Okay. And that's what a young boy like that needs. Okay. He needs somebody that's going to direct him. Okay. With no holds barred. You know. Though yes, white, black, and no. This is what you're doing. Okay, boy, end the story, done, you know, and this guy can be great, I'm telling you, Sergio, this guy can be great, and everybody may disagree with me, but I don't care, <laughs> I don't care, this can be great, you know. Yeah, you know, you've never cared when somebody disagrees, Mike, so why start now? <laughs> All right, Mike. Let's go I know fighters, Sergio. I know fighters. I know fighters. Oh, no, uh, there's no doubt. I know. I know you do, Mike. You know, I learned a lot from you. So let's go ahead and, and move forward here, Mike, to um, I, I, once again, and I'll just say it, uh, I'm not going to get you going this time like I did in the last podcast, but Cecilia, <laughs> Cecilia Brakis was going for history. <laughs> <laughs> when she was uh, attempting to take down the Brown Bomber, you know, Joe Lewis's 25 title defenses, she went for number 26, but the boxing gods did not allow, did not allow for Lewis's uh, all-time uh, 25 title defenses record to be taken down as 140-pound champion Jessica McCaskill moved up, Mike, and um, she, she clearly outboxed Breakus. Breakus looked like basically a fighter. You know, Mike, there's just sometimes that people turn old overnight. That's kind of what it looked like uh, last night. Uh, McCaskill's no joke either. I mean, she's a champ at 140. He's got skills and everything. But um, Breakus basically at the end, she, of course, gave the same song and dance before the fight. She was training with Abel Sanchez, actually, and Big Bear. She was talking about this is the greatest she's felt and all that kind of stuff. It just didn't translate, Mike. So what do you think of, uh, as far as for Breakus, obviously she's made some decent money, um, had 25 title defenses, loses to, to McCaskill now. Where does she go from here? And, well, let's first start. What was your take on the fight real briefly? And then for Breakus, where does she go from here? And then McCaskill, what would you do if you had her? And now she's got all the belts at 147 and the belts at 140. Well, McCaskill, 
show that she can actually fight, okay? I, I, I believe what I saw in Breakers was a shock-worn shock fighter to some degree, okay? And uh, she didn't look like she was fighting Breakers with any conviction, did she, Sergio, to tell you the truth? Because she was trying, but I think the... the the body wanted to do it, but the brain would, or the brain wanted to do it, but the body wouldn't let it wouldn't let it happen, as they say. And you know, it's the same old story. The young up and coming uh, fighter steps up, hungry, motivated. Okay, uh, knock off the champ. Okay, and that's what happened. You know, and and you know, I think that all this stuff may may have even played a role uh, in regards to. Um, this Joe Lewis nonsense that they were going on about, okay? And <laughs> and I think Breakers may have uh, uh, you know, taken her a little bit lightly or slept on her a little bit, okay? But then it was too late because once once uh, uh, the other girl got started, okay, then Breakers knew she was in for a fight. She just couldn't pull the trigger, could she, Sergio? That was, a re that was really the bottom line. No trigger being pulled, you know? Yeah. And you know, Mike, it, it's a thing of wear and tear because... McCaskill's no spring chicken. She's 35, but she only had coming in, she only had 10, 10 pro fights at the time. Um, and for Breakus, she's 38, but Breakus was a lot longer in the two. She had a 30, what, 35, 36 fights coming in. So I think that the it was more like, as you said, just the wear and tear, you know, the preparation. Because as you well know, Mike, you've been a trainer also, um, and you were a fighter yourself. Um, so training camps take out a lot, uh, from a fighter as well, you know, sparring, all, all the work that goes into the wear and tear, the injuries and all that. So if you compare, you know, 35, 36 training camps and professional fights to nine or 10, there's a very big difference in that body, you know, yeah, it's great experience, but there's also that risk of the body's going to give out. And it looks like kind of just like you said, breakers couldn't pull the trigger. So yeah, that, 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 that was that was my take on it, and it looked evident to me that it wasn't it wasn't a lackluster performance. It was a performance where she was trying, but she just couldn't do it. Okay, and she just got outworked by a fresher fighter. Okay, as you just uh, exp expressed. Okay, and that was really the bottom line. And uh, what 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 could she do? She just because uh, she did coast for a few rounds, Sergio, as you saw as well, okay? Because uh, the other girl was coming on strong, okay? And uh, I think it was like, let's at least go the distance, <laughs> Sergio, you know? Well, yeah. Uh, you know, that, that, that was, you know, when you can't pull the trigger, Sergio, it's, the, 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 the boxing ring becomes a very lonely place. When you know what what you can do, but you just can't do it, and you know that you're you're probably a better fighter than your opponent, but you you just can't do it. You know what I mean? And and that's how I saw that fight last night. You know, that's what I saw. You know? you, yeah. I always remember uh, Roberto Duran being quoted once. He finally, you know, he was 150 years old when he finally called his career. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. And I remember him one time saying that when they when he was asked like. So this is the end. Why, basically? And he said, because I could still see the openings, but I couldn't get my hands there fast enough. Like my fist, I couldn't get my fist 
to hit the openings fast enough, you know, and uh, yeah. he could still see it. Like you said, his mind was still boxing sharp, but his body could no longer deliver. And as you, I, I can't even imagine what that feels like, Mike, uh, in being in the ring. You know, yeah, it's, it's, and, and for Breakus, you know, great career, Mike, not, nothing to be ashamed of, you know, um, 25 title defenses, whether people hold that in any kind of esteem or not, that's still 25 title defenses that she made. So, you know, it's, there's. that's the bottom yeah. line Mike and that's perfectly said Mike and you're right um you know and and it it has to feel good that after all this time I think she got the headline a major event on the zone you know she was the main event and she got a lot of recognition and you know I don't know if this is the end for her or not but either way nothing as you said she's she's a true hall of famer and uh you know if nothing else there's nothing to be ashamed of what an amazing career so we'll see how that turns out now, Mike, moving well, on. I, I, just on a last note on that, I think she was hinting last night at retirement, but um, I think somebody like, uh, with the passion that Cecilia Breakers has, I think she'll probably want to go out a winner, so she may have one last fight, or if they can, if they have a rematch clause, who knows what Hearn did in, in there, okay, right? But, you know, um, uh, I think she'll probably want to go out a winner. That's fi- That's what I would do. Okay, and even as a manager, I would say, Cecilia, it was a tough fight. Let's give it one more shot. At least let's see what you got, and let's go out a winner. Okay, right? I think that would be a very worthy, a worthy way to go out. Don't you think so? Instead of just retiring after this fight, just point blank, point yeah. blank retirement. You know? Yeah, it would, Mike. Just because I go back to the same thing, um, whether whatever anyone thinks. Um, of uh of you know the 25 defenses or not at the end of the day she she as you said she she's uh like the top 
female boxer for a long time, it's difficult to do the 25 defenses no matter what. You can fight 25 tomato cans, but you still have to, you know, right? And that by no means am I suggesting that she fought nothing but tomato cans. All I'm saying is that um, you can you can fight, you know, uh, 25 people that are not top, top, but it's still, you have to get up for those 25 people, you know, every time. Uh, go ahead. Uh, I believe as well, um, I saw her in a previous fight, and she was supposed to, I can't remember her opponent in a previous fight, Sergio, but um, she was supposed to stop or TKO that opponent, and she went the distance. And everybody was like, whoa, hold on, Cecilia went the distance, okay? So I think the signs... Was a, the signs were there at least in her last fight, or maybe her last three or four fights, you know. So, but the last fight, I, I think they were there because she was she was supposed to have uh, handled her opponent easily, and she had a little bit of a tough time. She she clearly won the fight, but the the opponent gave her more resistance than what was expected, you know. Yeah. So I think the signs were there, you know. Yep. No, definitely. Now, Mike, I'm going to search. Before I move on to the upcoming action here, we got some, of course, another great weekend coming up. I do want to mention Otto Valin or Valin. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. And right. Yeah, he yeah. he did well, fight. Otto Valin. Otto Valin. Uh, okay, Otto Valin. Yesterday, he picked up a a win against Kaufman. Not there's really nothing there huge. Uh, Travis Kaufman, you know, he's he he really hasn't been into boxing in a long time. Um, never really was a, a top heavyweight, durable guy and everything. I'm not disrespecting him or anything, but um, Otto Whalen looked good, Mike, and he is of the fame of Ty. He gave Tyson Fury, you know, who I think there very few people, and by very few I mean outside of Eddie Hearn, probably, you know, he's the only one that doesn't think that um, or doesn't say that uh, Tyson Fury is the, the top heavyweight in the world. Um, but he did give um, uh, Tyson Fury a great fight. And yesterday he showed some legit skills too, Mike. Uh, what do you think of Otto Valin in general, just as a fighter? And um, can you see him in the mix with these top heavyweights that are out there right now? Uh, okay. First of all, Sergio, you know that I am a great, great Tyson Fury supporter, Okay. You know that I think that Tyson Fury is the next the next thing since sliced bread. And I think boxing needs him, okay? And I think if they lose him, they're going to be in trouble, okay? Otto Wayne's claim to fame was that he went the distance against a Tyson Fury that that was in shape, but was was had the wrong corner instructions, the wrong training instructions, uh, excuse me, uh, the, the, the wrong training camp for that guy, okay? Right, and and as you saw, okay, well, as soon as they switched everything, he got back to his his old self again, okay, and the uh, the rest is history with uh, what he did to Deontay Wilder. Now Waylon, I think he's going to be um, um, a contender a contender level fighter that can mix it with the top ten, okay. Maybe he'll win some. Maybe he'll he'll get knocked out, TKO'd. I think he'll be around in the top ten as a gatekeeper at some to some degree. That's how I consider him. I don't consider him a threat to anybody. Uh, you know, um, Kaufman. Okay, um, I was I was in America when 
Kaufman was a young amateur, then I saw him turn pro. He, he did have bags of talent, okay, but um, just wasn't focused or dedicated. It's had long spells out of the ring from a young youngster to, to the age of now, okay, but um, Wallin was, was expected to win against Kaufman. But can he proceed to a certain level? Maybe the, the, if he gets a few wins, okay, he'll, they'll, they'll throw him in with somebody in the final eliminator of some kind, okay? But um, that's what I see him. I see him as like a, a, a mid-level top 10 heavyweight that is a gatekeeper for up-and-coming guys or guys that are coming off, you know, uh, hard fights that want a little bit of an easier fight. And I, I, and I don't say that disrespectfully to the guy because, you know, um, outside of Ingemar Johansson, okay, right, you know, what has Sweden really produced at the heavyweight division? You know what I mean, really, you know? So there you go. You know? Damn, you had to go all the way back to Ingemar Johansson. <laughs> Well, Mike, if I'm listening to you, like if I'm hearing you correctly, you're basically saying so. If you, if there's a young up and coming heavyweight guy, and you feel he's, you want to test to see if he's ready for like the top tier. Otto Wallini would be a good test to see if the guy, if he gets past Otto, you feel that, you know, then, then he, that would be Otto's best chance at, at like you said, gatekeeping. That you see him at that level, basically. You know when Ali used to do this um, this world tour, when Muhammad Ali was fighting every month in every different countries, fighting the top the top heavyweights of each country, you know, the champions, uh, the national champions. That's what he reminds me of. Let's say, for example, now Tyson Fury decides that he wants a, a quick defense, but he wants to go to Sweden to do it, okay? You know that... That place will get packed out with 50,000 people there, okay? I mean, it, obviously, with COVID being under control and so forth, okay? And you know that the Scandinavian market there, uh, a rematch with Tyson Fury for the heavyweight championship of the world would do crazy numbers. So it's a crazy numbers. They, they could even do 700,000, 800,000 pay-per-views without in Scandinavia. Yeah, okay? I know you're right. That's without that, the UK market, okay? So... I mean, he's that type of fighter that, you know, that you can pick to have, quote-unquote now, what I'm saying, an easy defense, which could turn, turn, into, turn out to be a meat grinder because the guy's durable, but that's what he would be used for. But, but, but if I was a promoter or a manager, that's what I would uh, uh, want to see if I wanted to have uh, one of my fighters to have a quick tune-up fight, or et cetera, et cetera, you know, like that, you know? Yeah, interesting. Yeah, Mike, like, as you said, yeah, he's durable and he's not completely without skills. He can box a little, so yeah, that would be interesting to see him. And yeah, that fight. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, hold on, sir. Hold on. You said something there. He's not completely without skills. He was only having a brawl with Tyson because Tyson was standing there, okay, letting him, you know, whack him to the to the body, okay. What skills does he have, skills yet, Sergio? Yeah, no, Mike. But I mean, <laughs> look, compare. Okay, so like. Uh, what's his name? Uh, damn it, the the bronze bomber. I can't. Uh, Wilder. He Otto Valin can fight better than Wilder. He's got more boxing skills than Wilder. Wilder just ha happens to have that amazing, you know, right hand that if it hits you, it kills you. So what I'm saying is he's not the worst, 
you know, in the, let's say the top 20 heavyweights in the world, um, Otto is he's not... Yeah, well, that, it, yeah. Going, yeah, I mean, but so was Ken Norton. Now, by no means am I am I comparing him to Ken Norton. <laughs> but what I'm trying to tell you, what I'm trying to say is that Ken Norton, he, Ken Norton was around in a time where there was a ton of freaking guys that can fight. If not Norton, you know, would would have been more yeah. remembered, you know. And I'm not saying that Otto Otto can fight anywhere near Ken, but I'm I'm putting him in that context. In other words, like you said, he's a you know, anywhere from the 18th or 20th best heavyweight in the world, you know, so it's just take away Deontay Wilder's right hand, and I mean, do you think Wilder outboxes Otto Wallin? I don't think so, you know? No, I would agree, I would agree with you. I mean, yeah. Wilder looks like he has skills when he's training, but unfortunately, he's got this puncher's mindset that he completely throws the boxing skills, if, you know, whatever little boxing skills they are, out the window, okay, because he relies on the power of the right hand. No, I agree with you. Whaling, Whaling is a little bit more, and I say a little bit more technically better yeah. than, uh, than uh, the world. And, and he could be even a little bit more durable as well, Sergio, as well. Yeah. No, I'll give him that. He's durable. Like, He's durable. I, like I tell you, Mike, I, if you were to put that fight together, not that it's ever going to happen because what's the point? Who wants to see it? But if, let's say, they're trying to get an easy win for Wilder coming back to re- you know, to rejuvenate him, I don't know if Otto Willing would be the easy win that they would be looking for because you put in a guy that, you know, like you said, reverts to just w- chasing somebody, trying to hit him with one punch, and uh, Wallin, who is um, durable, I don't know necessarily that outside of him knocking him out, I don't know that Wilder wins that fight. So anyway, um, oh, I agree with you. I, I mean, I mean, there's a, there's a whole host of fighters that are, are at a lower level that um, Deontay Wilder would have a problem with. I'll give you an example: Derek Chisora, for example. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah Derek yeah. Chisora. I mean, the guy's the guy's like a, he's a war horse. He's been around forever, but try. Try fighting that guy. I mean, he's it's like fighting a brick wall, Sergio. That's what it is. You know what I mean? So, um, so you know, um, there, there's a lot of fighters that that will give Deontay Wilder a hell of a fight. Okay, and could possibly win. I mean, I mean, Deontay, he's got the TNT in his right hand. He's uh, learned to rely on that. His skills have eroded because of that. Okay, and you know. Um, and we both, I don't know how you feel about it, because we haven't never discussed this, okay, right, I don't believe. But um, even in the first fight, you know, Tyson Fury, I, I believe, beat him. I don't believe that uh, Wilder won that fight, okay? I agree. Not the second, the first, the first fight, okay? No, I agree. You know, he, he miraculously got up, you know, from... Uh, from being knocked out because I believe that well, that Fury was knocked out, but he he won that fight. So so what you saw what you saw in the Tyson Fury Wilder first fight that was the best Deontay Wilder you will see. He will never be like that again. You mm-hmm. aren't going to get him any better than that, Sergio. Okay? And and he wasn't very good. <laughs> you know. So and thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. So that was what I'm trying to say. So that's the 
bestie on Tawalda, you'll see. And look what look what happened to him. He boxed the guy that that came out of retirement, lost you know uh, uh, what was it, four hundred pounds, nearly okay, right? And uh, and uh, 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 gave him a fight like that, you know. So I mean, so I mean, you know, that's the best you're gonna ever get on Deontay Wilder. So to 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 get back to your question about Wayne, okay, I, I agree with you. I think I think that he would. Uh, he would give uh, quite a few guys some trouble, but as as a contender, he's a mid range contender. But can make a, I, I think he could make a lot of money as well, Sergio. That guy, you know. That's yeah. What I, think, you know? I mean, the formula you just laid out about going uh, to that market. That yeah, that's that's very very. I mean, like you said from Johansson. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's, it's been a while, you know. So yeah. Yeah, great, great stuff, Mike. And you know what? Let's go ahead yeah. and let's go ahead and move on here, Mike. And let's stay with the heavyweights on the schedule. Sure. Um, so the this coming Saturday, the um, Zone secured the rights to go ahead and uh, have it on their network. And I know it's going to be. I think it's on Sky over in your neck of the woods. But Dillian White, yeah, yeah Dillian White, um, making his appearance back. You know, uh, I you've mentioned Dillian White. Um, we're going to talk to him, but he's facing who I think it's not an easy fight. Alexander Povetkin, you know, that's a heavyweight uh, fight. Um, Povetkin's he's had some trouble, Mike. Uh, you know, as far as uh, is he is he a quote unquote clean fighter or not? There's been there's been some issues with that in the past, but he is not without skills. Povetkin and Dillian White. You mentioned that you feel that. He's a guy that has really improved and come a long way from when you first saw him. So let's talk about this fight, Mike. How do you see it going? Um, you know, and, and tell me what you think is going to happen Saturday night. Okay, I'm going to do a very quick analysis of, on Dillian White. Okay, then I'll get to the White, the White Pavekin um, matchup. Okay, go ahead. When, when Dillian White boxed Anthony Joshua, okay. The difference in ability was very, very, very close, in my opinion, okay? Because um, Anthony Joshua's skills are there, but they're very mechanical, okay? Whereas Dillian White's skills were not there, and they were more natural, okay? And he gave Anthony Joshua a hell of a run for his money. It's only because at that time... He was boxing with two left feet, as we call it, okay? Yeah? Yeah. Now, now, after that fight ended, he took on Jimmy Tibbs and Mark Tibbs, who are considered, that's father and son, they are considered, Jimmy Tibbs is considered, okay, right, one of the most influential trainers and icons in the past 35 years in this country, okay? And his protege was his son, who has brought him up through the ranks, okay, and turned Mark Tibbs into this very, very competent trainer. And they took hold of Dillian White, and they did a 180-degree turn on this guy and actually moulded skills on the guy, which is, you know, Sergio, as a fighter gets older... It's very hard to teach him skills because they get set in the way, especially a heavyweight, right, okay? And they improved that guy 110% as his record shows from the Joshua fight up to the present day, okay? Now, 
Let me get to the matchup with Povetkin, okay? As fighters always do, they allow third parties to penetrate a good thing when they have it and turn it into something that is not good, okay? So, Dillian White now is no longer with the Tibbs team. Okay. He got rid of them, okay? And he got rid of them at probably the, the most crucial fight in his career, most dangerous fight in his career, okay? And he replaced it with a guy that has absolutely no experience, okay? Now, that kind of complacency and that kind of arrogance, okay, is something, in my opinion, that is a recipe for disaster, okay? So, um, I think that Dillian White, in my humble opinion, has disarmed himself by not continuing, at least till after this fight, okay, with, the, with Team Tips. Okay, and he's facing now an extremely decorated amateur, as you know, Olympian, so many um, um, amateur fights, and a former world champion. Okay, and uh, a guy that is a that is a force. Okay, and and has KO power and has tremendous boxing skills, as he's shown. Okay, and seems to keep rebounding back from adversity all the time, okay? So he got he got beaten by Joshua, but he's rebounded back from that, okay? So don't forget, Sergio, Povetkin's only lost twice. Yeah. One was to Klitschko, one was to Klitschko, okay? Which was, they went the distance, and the other one was, was to uh, to Joshua, okay? Which he got overpowered, okay? Which, which but by the way, he was actually doing quite well against Joshua, but he just got caught, okay? So... He's 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 a very seasoned all round guy. Now, the problem with Dillian, okay, and this has been a big problem, is that he seems to fade in the later rounds, okay, and he gets really sloppy, really, and he and he reverts back to the 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 bad skills that he had prior to prior to being. Uh, uh, trained by the Tibbs team, okay? And because, and you know, when you get tired, Serge, or you get clipped in a fight, the first thing you do as a fighter is you, you revert back to what you were first ever taught. Which, if you were taught, if you were first taught to jab and move, that's what you do. If you were taught to clinch, that's what you do. You understand? Or if you were taught to, you know, roll on the floor, that's what you're going to do, okay, right? So, so you see that, you see that. Dillian White, when he gets tired, his shots are coming from the floor, you know, he's missing, he's missing, he's not timing his shots, I mean, all kinds of stuff, Kevin. But what he did have was the seasoned experience of the Tibbs uh, a team, okay, right? Which is what held him together, in my opinion. Okay, and I think he's made a big mistake, very big mistake, okay, right? And I think he's going to have a hard fight. And and I think he's, I think he'll win... I think he'll win because of Povetkin being a little bit shot-worn, but it wouldn't surprise me if Povetkin pulled it off, pulled, a, pulled an upset, okay? It wouldn't surprise me, okay? I'm, I'm kind of like a little bit on the fence because you, you do not get rid of your training team that works. You just don't do that, okay, right? These fighters, 
you know, are insane, Sergio. They they get listen to these people that say A, B, C, D. You know, all these all these entourages, etc. Okay, and if your trainer comes in and wants a little bit extra cash, well, he, if you're making more money, then there's no reason well not to pay him a, a little bit, a little bit extra. Paying, you've got a winning formula. If it's not broken, don't fix it, as they say. Okay, and I think that that is a big risk at this stage of where he's at. Okay, right, because. You know, he's in the mix there for some big, big, big situations with the winners of A, B, C, D, Tyson Furies, uh, Joshua's, the Wilders, etc., etc., etc. Okay, right. So there's there is there is a big risk for somebody to make, in my opinion, such a um, incompetent decision. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, no. Yeah. And, and, and nitpick over. Oh, um, you didn't come to Portugal. When I wanted you to, but there's a pandemic going on. You know, if you want to stay in Portugal for three months, you can't expect somebody to stay there for three months with you because they've got a family, they've got a mortgage, they've got. You've got to be logical, okay? And that's when the entourages and the third parties uh, put their poison into the fighters' ear and ruin a good thing when they, when they have it. And that's what. But that's what I fear from Dillian White. I fear that very much. You know. Yeah, no, no, you're right, Mike. And as you said, Povekin, if nothing else, he's seasoned. He does have some skills. As you mentioned, he's got uh, Olympic pedigree. Um, and the guy can fight. You know, he can. So, yeah. This and, and, and he can punch. And he can punch, Sergio. He's taking out, he's taking out 18 stone, uh, you know, uh, 256, 270-pound guys in one shot. He's not letting not them go. Well, and by the way, Mike, just real quick, because you mentioned the stone, I, I think that all every time that you're presenting a fighter, you should use the stone and not the pounds, because it sounds awesome. Nine, you know, nine stone and all that stuff. Yeah, it just sounds more primitive. It sounds more, you know, like animalistic. I like it. So anyway, but yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you. And I go back to the same thing that you mentioned. Um, Dillian White, he he had a potential future. He can still have it. We're just going to see if, you know, this move, if it doesn't end up being a catastrophe because a loss is going to set him back big time, you know. So um, we'll see how it goes. Big time. Big time. I mean, he's, he's, already, he's already got so much issues in regards to these mandatories, in regards to being a headliner, in regards to living in Joshua's shadow, being promoted by the same promoter. There's all kinds of stuff going on, Sergio, okay? And probably even more stuff that we don't even know about, okay? Um, and I think that, you know, to to um, disarm yourself, okay, and create that kind of pandemonium because... You know, this, the other people are saying you want to do this, you want to do that, or some guy comes up and holds a pads for you, but you know, uh, gives you a protein shake after and says, "You look, I'm giving you a protein shake, but your trainer's not giving you one." You know, your trainer's not supposed to give one. He's telling other people to do that. Okay, so I, I, I think that I think that he's, he's done himself a very big disservice. Now, if he wins, he's going to turn around and say to everybody, "You see." I don't need the the, uh, the kids team. I've got I, I created my own team. Okay, but that's not really the case. The the, the Tibbs team are the ones that created him. Okay, right, and he's going to fight 
of what he learned from from Mark and Jimmy Tibbs. That is what's going to happen, okay? And there's no one that can dispute that, okay? Anyone that does is an imbecile. It's, it's, it's completely off his head because, okay, one guy can't come and turn it all around, okay, in one fight, okay, because of uh, his fighting provoking. That's a that's a culmination of of teaching him how to fight when he didn't have the boxing skills from when he boxed Joshua up to the point now where the boxing skills have been developed to be able to fight the likes of Povetkin, etc. Yeah, and and that has taken time, hasn't it, Sergio? Time, okay, and patience, and the tips. And the Tibbs are the ones that did that, not these you guys, you know? No, absolutely, Mike, and we'll see. You know, we'll see if he can keep it going. If nothing else, maybe we'll send in Otto Wallin to upend him, Mike, afterwards. <laughs> but <laughs> moving on, Mike, also uh, going to be featured on that card is um, the the icon right now as far as female fighting um, in the U.K., Irish you know, Katie Taylor, you talked about how she is completely huge. Um, she she has a humongous following. She can really box. She's actually was trying to get a fight with Amanda Serrano, never got done. So she's going to face her, her old nemesis now. And, and I'm probably going to murder the name, but Delphine Pursun. Um, yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. I think Pursun is the right one name, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're having their second fight. The first one, uh, I believe it was about a year ago, actually, here at Madison Square Garden. Um, it was a rough fight. Um, Pursun, very, 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 very savvy, Mike. Long, long career, has, has a lot of experience. Um, and it, it you know, it, she, she pushed a... Taylor to the limits and many people felt that Taylor actually lost that fight you know um, so this is going to be the rematch now um, how do you see this fight going first of all and just a real quick did you feel that Pursun did do enough to win in the first one and how do you see this comeback uh, fight between her and Taylor going uh, I, I, I thought Pursun won, won the first fight on a split decision I think that Katie Taylor uh, got pushed to her limit. I don't think she was expecting that kind of resistance. Okay, it kind of took her took her by surprise. And plus, you know, she was in New York, etc. And you know, it, you know, at the Garden Studio, it, it's a different ball game. You know what the, you know what that means to fight at the Garden. It's just uh, something that um, it's just um, unbelievable. When I've had my fighters. Uh, fight at the garden is just something that is you can never be surpassed. It's just one arena that is like the it, it's the mecca of boxing. Let's put it that yeah, way. Yeah, it's right? the holy okay, grail, so Mike. It's the holy grail. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, so uh, so I think that that may have been uh, 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 played a role in in her performance. She did not perform up to standard. Um, unfortunately for Katie, she's not a big puncher. Okay, so uh, she's going the distance a little bit too frequently for my liking. And uh, I like Katie very much, and I think she's a gigantic draw, and, uh, you know, and she's an icon. But she's starting to look a little bit shot-worn sometimes, Sergio, you know. Um, don't forget, she had a very big amateur career as well. Uh, you know, a lot of amateur fights. But um, she's been matched. She hasn't been matched easy. Katie, okay, she's 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 in her short pro career. She's had some she's had some uh, 
So, you know, a few balls in there. So, and, you know, she's, t she's been hit a little bit more frequently than, oh, well, what, than what I would have liked. But this, this girl, she's a training, you know, uh, junkie, you know, so maybe she might be, she may be overtrained. She might, you know, who, this, you know, it's very hard to pinpoint why somebody performs in a certain way unless there's someone like Cecilia Brackus who has had 25 defences and you you know that it's, it's, it's coming to the end, that 25, even with Joe Lewis, as well, it was coming to the end, you know? So, but Katie, it's not coming to the end for her, okay? She's still in, the, in the, her mid-life mid mid career there, okay? Uh, but... I think she's she's some of the fights are, are looking a little bit harder than what they should be. So um, I think that if Person has what she showed in the first fight, and Katie doesn't box an intelligent, sensible fight, okay, I think it's going to be a grueling fight again. You know, and that's something that. I'm hoping that Katie does not do that because I am a Katie Taylor fan. I really am. I like Katie, okay? And I admire her as well. She's going to be another Hall of Famer of what she's achieved as well because she achieved she she achieved great things in amateur boxing as well, Sergio. So, you know, but, you know, I, I think she's, I think they've got to come out with a proper, proper, proper game plan and, you know, you be technical against such a fighter. You can't get involved in all these uh, big balls all the time, Sergio. You, you just can't. You, it, it shortens your career. And if I was her promoter or her manager, I would insist that they train her in that way. I would, ins I would make a point of it. I would, I would make them do that, okay? Because she's my prized possession. She's, she's my draw. I mean, she could put fifty thousand people in an arena in a, in um. In uh, in Ireland, okay. So why would I want her to be beat up by the time she gets to you know another four or five fights? You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, you know Mike. She's still, got, she's, she's still got some big fights out there, hasn't she? Let's face it. You know? No, she does, Mike. But I think one of the, the reasons why she's also so beloved is not only as you said she amazing amateur and she can really fight, but it's that fighting spirit that she has. And you know, every the Irish. It's like the Mexicans, like what they love a warrior, you know, and she is a warrior. If you call this girl out, yeah, it, she is not going to back down and she will beat the shit out of you. If she, you know, if, if it comes down to just, as they say, a pure brawl, she's in it to win it. And at the same time, as you also mentioned, she's got legitimate high boxing skills. So she could do, but I just think she's going to be drawn in. You know, I just think that that's where she's at right now. She's going to be drawn in into another tussle. I still think she's going to win, but Pursun's tough. She's a little long in the tooth, but it's going to be a hard fight, and I think you're going to see at some point a fight is going to break out. I just think Katie Taylor, there's a lot on her shoulders. She's very popular, and people like Warrior Taylor, that version of her. So it's yeah, going to be do. rough. They do, but, but, but you know, this... This uh, this fight to pursue, she's extremely strong, Sergio. She is a very conditioned athlete. She's strong. She's big, okay. And 
Katie has to be intelligent, okay, right? Because you cannot keep doing that surgery. She, yeah, she's got her, her Irish and, you know, stroke Mexican uh, brawling uh, instinct, okay, right? But you've got, to, you, you've got to contain that. You've got to win the fight, okay, properly, okay? You, so you can go move to the next step. You can't just get her in there, oh yeah, let's have another tear up with pursuing the same way we had it in, uh, in New York, okay? No, this time, okay, you've got to examine what pursuing did, examine what you did wrong, okay, work out a proper game plan, okay, and take her to school, okay? That's what you need to do with this, with this fighter. And then if your Irish instincts come in, kick in, you want to have a little bit of a brawl, have a little bit of a brawl, but take her to school first, break her down, you know? Smash her, you, you know, stop her in her tracks. Then you can do the, then you can do the Irish bit on her after. You know what I mean? So, it's, you know, but not before that. That would be the most the, the most um, um, damaging thing that you could do to your commodity because that's what the fighter is, your commodity. Okay, right? and you you need to keep your commodity, you know, in good standing. And you can't keep it in good standing if you're going to take stupid risks like that. You've got to control things. This is called professional boxing. Yeah. And I know that everybody likes to see likes to see a ball, but you know, it's a business, okay, right? You've got to keep her winning. You know she can't punch. So what's gonna happen is, okay, right, is Pasol is gonna get stronger and stronger and stronger. Katie's gonna get weaker and weaker and weaker like she did in, in New York because she's got no pop. She's not gonna be able to hold her off. What, what happens when she gets tired? Like she did in New York. Yeah. No, no, you're you can't right. Take that, you, can't take, you can't take that risk. You've got to You've got to break her down first. You have to break Pursun down first, take her to school, and then stop, stop, stop doing what you need to do, you know? And, and just closing off real quick, Mike, uh, last thought on this one is you're right. There's some huge fights at stake now, McCaskill. You know, you can definitely yeah. set up a, a, a fight with her. There's also uh, Michaela Mayer here in the U.S. making a lot of noise. Um, there's still the Serrano fight out there, possibly. So, yeah, there's a lot on the line. We'll see if uh, Katie Taylor can can just uh, stick to her amazing boxing skills and just outbox Pursuit. I still think that's... And, some... she does, and, she, and she does have amazing boxing skills, so she yes. really does. Really, yes. really does. Yeah. I just don't think, Mike, like I said, I don't think... This is... I think a fight's going to break out at some point, but we'll see, Mike. But that's, you know, Mike, you know me, I love those big fights. But anyway, so we're going to close it off here, Mike. Uh, for all you that listen, thank you very much. We do appreciate your time and your support. We will continue to grow here and, uh, you know, stay tuned definitely because we're going to have some big names in the business, both boxing and MMA coming up. And uh, as we grow, as we get better at this, we are definitely going to make sure that you get top quality all the time here on Combat Planet Podcast. So for Mike Michael, I'm Sergio Martinez. Thank you for listening and tune in next week for another episode of Combat Planet Podcast.